Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about how to understand what the public measure of gross domestic product means and how we measure inflation and how they're both, in fact, misleading to the voting public. The concept of gross domestic product is easy enough to understand. You add up all of the economic activity in a nation, and now you have the gross domestic product. Pretty simple. But it's not necessarily that easy to calculate. Imagine for a moment that you outsource some services to people in another country. Let's say you decide to have your business phone answered at a call center in the Philippines. Should that labor be included in your gross domestic product, or does it form part of the GDP of the Philippines? Imagine that you decide to import running shoes from Vietnam. Should those shoes be included in GDP? Or are they part of the GDP of Vietnam? Well, it turns out they're both part of your country's GDP. So GDP is more of a measure of gross domestic consumption. If the money gets spent, it goes into GDP. What happens when you have inflation? If the total money spent in one year is, say, a trillion dollars, and then the next year, and the next year it's 1.1 trillion, did the GDP grow by 10%? Wouldn't you have to take inflation into account? It's at this point we need to introduce a few definitions. The raw measure of the total money spent in the economy is called the nominal GDP. We need to subtract the amount of inflation in the economy in order to get the real GDP. So in our example, if inflation was running at, say, 5%, we subtract 5% from the nominal GDP that grew at 10%, and we are left with a GDP that grew in real terms at 5%. So far, so good. We now understand real GDP, but do we? What if the measure of inflation was understated? What if inflation was actually running at 9% instead of 5%? If that were the case, then you'd have a situation where politicians would be proudly proclaiming the economy grew at 5% in real terms, when in fact the economy only grew at 1%. There's actually a strong incentive for government to understate inflation, because when they understate inflation, they tend to overstate GDP. Are there any other adjustments to the inflation or GDP metrics that we need to be concerned about? Well, I'm glad you asked. It turns out there are several. In fact, there are too many to name in today's show, but we'll examine a couple of these so you understand how much these metrics are really distorted from the reality. There are several imputed parts to the economy. Let's say that you rent your house. The money that you spent in rent is included in the calculation of GDP. But let's say that you own your own home outright. The government deems that somehow it's not fair for that economic activity to be excluded from the economy. So they make up a number and impute a rent to you and include that number in the calculation of GDP. Let's be clear, no money ever changed hands. Yet somehow the government included a bunch of money that never changed hands in the GDP calculation. Well, how much did they charge you? I actually have no idea. But imagine if rents increased by 5% in a given year, and that adjustment got applied to the roughly 60% of households that own instead of rent. Do you see how this could materially affect the calculation of GDP? There's a further adjustment to GDP which we will also discuss. This is a hedonic adjustment. Hedonics has its roots in the ancient Greek word hedone, which means for the pleasure of. We can all marvel at some of the things that modern technologies made possible. You would think that with all these improvements, we have somehow become more productive. So the government adjusts the GDP to account for those supposed increases in productivity. I personally think I might be a little bit more productive this year than last, but it's got nothing to do with technology. I'm sleeping better, and I'm getting more exercise. But a faster computer or a newer phone is not the reason. So the government makes a hedonic adjustment to productivity and multiplies the GDP 
at least the labor component of the GDP, by that improvement in productivity. Now I'm going to cover two ways in which the government manipulates the inflation numbers to further distort GDP, but there's way more. I'm only going to cover two just to give you an idea of how this works. The first is substitution. Substitution says that if something goes up in price and becomes unaffordable, consumers will switch to a cheaper alternative. So imagine if the price of steak goes up, then perhaps people will switch to chicken, which costs less. So the government conveniently ignores the fact that steak went up, and they book a reduction in price through substitution because people are now buying chicken instead of steak. And then remember how we talked about hedonics making us more productive in the GDP calculation? Well, hedonics is used in inflation calculations as well. Imagine that you bought a new 60-inch television for your conference room. Your last TV was much smaller. So even if the average price of a TV might have increased, this new TV is so much better, it's got higher resolution and a better picture, the government adjusts the price downward to reflect the improvement in technology. When we put these two together, you see that the 60-inch TV you outfitted in the boardroom was deemed to cost you less than it did in reality, and the government also determined that your income was higher than it was in reality because you're now so much more productive than you were the year before. All of this is done in service of enabling politicians to declare victory in their expert management of the economy. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.